You're listening to the IFF TV podcast, presented by Paul Nealon. Hello, welcome to Irish Football Fan TV. We're here with our match preview. I'm joined by Paul Tierney, Gary Spain, and the one and only Matt Holland. Matt, firstly, thanks for taking the time out to have a chat with us. No problem at all. Uh, hope you're all good. All good, all good. So we're here to talk about Ireland mainly because we did a Serbia preview with Milos from Serbian Footy or the Serbian Football Show last night, and he kind of gave us the lowdown on Serbia. And uh, yeah, they're they're in actually a great bit of health in terms of their squad, and a lot of their players are forward. The only thing is they're all kind of getting to know each other a little bit, and the manager doesn't get that long to work with them. But we're just going to focus mainly on Ireland in this video, really. And I'm just going to pull up the squad here. We've obviously had a lot of injuries, but uh, the squad is, as of last night, um, Mark Travers, Gavin Bazunu, Kieran O'Hara as the goalkeepers, defenders Seamus Coleman, Matt Doherty, Shane Duffy, Enda Stevens, Kieran Clark, Darrow Shea, Ryan Manning, Cyrus Christie, and Darrell Lenehan. Midfielders Adam Brown, Jeff Hendrick, Jason Malumby, Jason Knight, Josh Cullen, Connor Coventry. Uh, wingers Robbie Brady, James McLeod, Darrell Horgan, and Ronan Curtis. And then our strikers are Callum Robinson. Aaron Connolly, Shane Long, James Collins and Troy Parrott. Uh, just seen on the FAI's Twitter account there that all players tested negative as well. So that means that will be the squad barring any injuries or anything like that. So Matt, obviously we're missing a host of players. I, I suppose, and I know you've worked a little bit with Mark Travers in terms of you've had him on your show and you've done a, a couple of interviews and probably watched Bournemouth a lot closer than any of us. But Stephen's basically came out and said that he's he's going to be the one after Cuevin Kelleher to be starting. So I know he did well in that game against Spurs, but what's how's his kind of development came on? Because we, we don't really get a chance to see him that much as probably you would. I was actually down at Bournemouth um, this weekend, um, watched their game against Southampton. But of course, he's not number one uh, at Bournemouth. So that's a bit of an issue. Hasmir Begovic has, has got that job. Um, I, I like his temperament. I like his attitude to the game. He's not someone that, that dwells on mistakes. He's someone that can put that to the back of his mind. Um, but at the same time, it's a big challenge for him. You know, we, we're talking about a position here where um, we've got problems. He's untested, really. I know he's you know he's made his debut, but untested, really, at this level. Um, so it is a, a challenge for him. But But as you say, having interviewed him, having spoken to him, I think he's got the personality to deal with, you know, the, the pressure which comes with playing a game of this this magnitude. I think just with with uh, the fact that Mick brought him in during that time and he had him around the squad. You know, he was kind of a deputy to Dan Randolph, but at this stage, everybody has been because he's just been that good and he's been a, he's going to be a huge loss in this case. But uh, the fact that Mark has kind of been in and around the camp, he'll have that kind of um, camaraderie with the lads and stuff like that. So I, I think. In some ways, it's the one that makes sense rather than, say, throwing Gavin Bazunu into the mix or, or something like that. I think it is the next kind of rightful person to come into that slot, you know? Yeah, absolutely agree. I, I think the same as well. You know, it's like he, he hasn't just been thrown in. He does know the setup. He knows how, how things are done. Um, he knows a lot of the, the players. Um, he's got to build up relationships with them. As I say, he's not a quiet lad. He's, you know, he's someone that will mix in with the players as well. And that's a position where you have to have a bit of personality as well because it's, it's a lonely place being a goalkeeper. Um, so absolutely, I think he's the next cab off the rank and it's, it's the right decision to go with him. Yeah, Matt, I agree it's probably the right decision, but do you think his lack of game time 
uh, could be a problem on Wednesday night because he's got very little game time this season. He tried he tried to go out on loan and unfortunately ended up getting recalled from Swindon. So he hasn't got any any real game time. And I, I know Gavin Bazoon was playing in the the third tier with Rochdale, but at least he's getting regular football. That's the conundrum, isn't it? I, I guess for for a manager, and he's got to make that decision, um, and it is tough. I think um, probably tougher for goalkeepers as well when when you're not playing um, regularly as well. I mean, um, I know you don't have to have the, the fitness issues particularly, but the sharpness and um, uh, it's a difficult one for Stephen Kenny to, to decide on. Um, but I, I think the fact that he's been around the place, knows the setup. I think it it's, makes sense to to go with him. Just obviously, we're kind of looking at the other end of the scale. I mean, our strikers again, you, you kind of spoke there about what Gary did about players not playing. And I mean, you've got Callum Robinson, who's not really getting a look in at West Brom. Aaron Connolly's been in and out through different reasons, uh, crack rib, and then obviously a breach of COVID and stuff. So he missed out the weekend, but it looks like he'll be fresh for Ireland. Shane Long actually has been getting a run of games. Um, James Collins been coming on and off the bench, and then Troy Paris. Uh, scored his first professional goal there last week um, after, I suppose, a long spell without a goal. Uh, is that a worry as well, Matt, uh, in your opinion? You know, I, I don't, it doesn't scream goals to me, you know? No, and I know you've already talked about Serbia on, on a previous show. They, they look like they've got plenty of goals in their team. It, yeah. it, it's problems at both ends of the pitch, isn't it, for Stephen Kenny? It's, it's been a story, really, since he took over. Um, he's had issues with injury, issues with COVID, people being pulled out. Um, and now he's got a massive issue at both ends of the pitch. I think there aren't enough goals in our team. Um, simple as that. I think, you know, everyone can everyone can see that. I mean, I, I'm of the opinion that we should potentially even change system. I mean, I know it's, it's late in the day now and Stephen Kenny's been in charge eight games, but I, I personally think the personnel that we've got, it suits playing a back three um, and it suits playing two up top uh, and it, and you could play, I think you could play Robinson and Connolly um, as as slightly split strikers, um, and get a number ten in, into the into the team. Um, you know, play Alan Brown in, in that position potentially, uh, and, and try and offer more of a threat going forward. In, in and play two wing backs. You know, I I look at our team and think that the players suit it. I mean, I know he's not had a great season, Matt Doherty at, at Tottenham. Um, but he's been playing in the back four, which, you know, at Wolves, that wasn't his position. He was he was a wing back. He looked to get forward. Um, the, the, the central defenders, I think, suit playing a back three. I know Egan's out, but, but you know, Ender Stevens could quite come to be playing a, in a back three. Shane Duffy can play in, in a back three. Kieran Clark's comfortable playing in the back three. I just think Seamus Coleman could play. I think if you, you know, just talk about Coleman or Doherty, you could play both of them. You could play Coleman in a, in a back three and, and Matt Doherty's slightly further up on the right-hand side and the runs that he makes get into the box as well. I think he offers a goal threat. Um, but that's something that I would potentially look to try and do because there aren't enough goals in the team. You've got to look to do something different to try and, to try and rectify that. Paul? Yeah, and ju just as you were saying, if you're playing Alan Brown in the 10, who would you have as the two midfielders just behind them? It's a good, I mean, uh, obviously with Connor, Connor pulling it, pulling up and, and, and obviously missing out in this game, I think he potentially would have started. Um, I'll just pull up the midfielders on screen for you there, Matt, in case you, you, you were... Yeah, no, I, I, I think, look, Jason Knight's been in great form I, I, and Josh Cullen's been doing well at uh, uh, Anderlecht as well. So, um, look, 
were lacking a bit of experience really in there as well. Um, obviously, Jeff Hendricks, the most experienced player, but his form has been up and down. I was at Brighton at, at the weekend and, you know, came off the bench and, and didn't necessarily influence the game, didn't, you know, didn't get involved as much as we'd like him to do um, and know he's capable of as well. So you may be looking at, at Jason Knight and Josh Cullen as, as the two midfield players at the base and, and Alan Brown as a number 10. Yeah, I'd agree myself, yeah. I just think you're I think you're spot on with that formation because we we'd said it on previous shows, Gary, and Gary is, is thinks that Stevens too stubborn to change, but he has openly said in press conference that he would be open to it. and I think in this case scenario we need to get off to a flyer in this group, whether it's a you know I'm not saying we're gonna go out and win, but like obviously the aim in every game is to go out and try and win. But I think the likelihood is the best we'll probably get in this game is a draw without being too pessimistic. Like I'm as optimistic as they come, but with all the injuries and everything else we have, um, you know, going to Serbia and trying to get a win with our first full strength team would be an achievement anyway. Never mind your kind of threadbare squad. But as you said, there, Seamus Coleman has played as a like a third centre back for Everton in certain games when Carlo Ancelotti has kind of looked to shore up games. So and and he's been working with Carlo Ancelotti for over a year now. So I think tactically, tactically and defensively, I think Seamus has actually become a better player. I think Ancelotti's gotten a bit more out of Seamus, especially recently. What he said about Matt Doherty is absolutely you know spot on. I think himself and Ender Stevens naturally should play in a wing back position. I know it's not Stevens' normal. Um, system as you say but then you've got like maybe Duffy and Clark who you know were playing together at the Euros they have a good understanding and good partnership and you've got Dara O'Shea there as well who's a good ball playing player which is what Stephen wants so there is luckily enough we still have quite good defenders in there you've got Ryan Manning as well who'll probably just be a sub but you do have the personnel as you said Matt to you know play that system and the two up top I, I, I had said for probably the last month that I think Connolly and Robinson as a front two would probably work because Connolly plays in a front two and uh, Robinson's been playing largely as a centre forward for West Brom when he's played this season. You know, I know albeit he's probably a lone striker, but the fact that the two of them kind of just busy up there and causing problems, I think, is really good. Gary, did you want to say something? Yeah, just to, just to follow on as well from that, and it's just a thinking on Matt had mentioned experience. And I, I just wonder, there's a couple of calls that may come down in experience. You, you mentioned Jeff Hendrick, who's was probably a call in midfield as the more experienced, maybe against somebody who's maybe not in better form. And the other one at the back is Shane Duffy, who's got tremendous experience and has always played so well for us. But he's in not good form club wise. And Darrow Shea, who's obviously much less experienced, seems to be in much, uh, much better form. And I'm just wondering away in Belgrade, what does Matt think Stephen will make the call on? Yeah, I think that's that's really interesting. I, I mean, I, when you look at the team, it's largely inexperienced and, and you're looking at obviously changing the goalkeeper who, who's going to be um, not played too many games. I think it's important that we do have experience in the lineup. That's why Seamus Coleman, I think, has to play. And I think he has been in you know top class form as well for Everton. Um, and it, then he has got a big call on certain individuals, like you say, Hendrick and Duffy. My feeling is that he'll go with Shane Duffy, um, <laughs> simply because he's never let him down. You know, he's not he's not let, he's not let Stephen down. That's for sure. Um, so, uh, and and when you are going to to Belgrade, and this is our our most important game. Ultimately, if we're looking at qualifying, the likelihood is it's going to be through a playoff, and the likelihood is that we're fighting with Serbia for that position. So, 
you know, this is this away from home is is a vital vital game to start the campaign, and I, and I I do wonder whether he, he probably will err uh, uh, with caution. I think he will go with with Shane Duffy at, at centre half. I don't know about Jeff Hendrick. I don't know about whether he'll, he will go with him or not. But but certainly Coleman will play, and I think Duffy will as well. Paul, did you raise your hand there, or was that just me thinking you did? Uh, yeah, I actually have a question. Anyways, just in relation to Matt Doherty, do you think the reason it hasn't gone as well from its Spurs is because they don't play the style that they did at Wolves, which suited them so well? He was probably right back in the season a couple of times as well. Definitely. I, I mean, I, I think he can play as a fullback. Um, hmm. uh, you know, but he's a better wing back. You know, every time I watch him, I, I think when he plays when he plays in that system uh, as a wing back. He looks like a goal threat. You know, he looks like he's going to get into positions where he can affect the game at the other end of the pitch. Now, I know ultimately people will say, well, he's in the team to defend. He's in the team to stop goals. Yeah, but the, even even fullbacks now, the role of a fullback has changed massively. You know, you look at most teams now, a lot of the attacking comes from the two fullbacks. Um, and I just, I just think it, it suits him more when he's got that licence to go forward and, and doesn't have to worry about the other side of the game as much. Um, and, and, and when we are a team that, that lacks goals, which we do, and lacks a goal threat, I think you should get players into positions where they can affect the game the other end, and, and he does that. Yeah, definitely, I'd agree. I think if you did play that formation you mentioned as well, he wouldn't get caught out as much. It's simple as because there's an extra man behind him, so you know I'd be completely up for that. Yeah, and if and if it was Seamus as well on that right side of of a back three who's more than comfortable being dragged out into wide positions as well and dealing one-on-one in those situations. I think that's important as well. If you are going to play a back three, that you have people in that back three who are com- comfortable being dragged out into wide positions and dealing with it as a fullback, maybe. Seamus can do that, no problem. This is the IFF TV Podcast. I'm going to interrupt this video for a short break to speak about our sponsors, Manscaped. Support for Irish Football Fan TV is brought to you by Manscaped who is the best in men's below-the-waist grooming and trusted by over 2 million men worldwide. If you're on the market for some beautiful balls, we have an exclusive offer for our listeners. 20% off and free shipping by going to manscaped.com forward slash IFFTV. We've all had a go at trying to trim ourselves down below and more often than not have ended up cutting or nicking ourselves. This is definitely not the case with Manscaped because they've created the best ball hair trimmer in human existence, the Lawnmower 3.0. Their third generation trimmer features a cutting edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents thanks to their advanced skin safe technology. I just got my replacement blade and gift in the mail. It was perfect time because you have to upgrade the blade after some uses for a fresh cleanup. Replacement blades come in their brand new peak hygiene plan. This plan is a member portal to manage your membership preferences and is available across Europe, Australia and the US. Enroll in the Peak Hygiene Plan and get an update every three months replenishment of your favourite products and replacement blades delivered directly to your door hassle-free. This portal allows you to build a combo and mix and match some of my favourite Manscaped products. Whether you want a fresh blade and some ball deodorant or foot spray and some ball wipes, your member price stays the same. There are also plenty of member advantages like member exclusive pricing to products like their new refined clone and their life changing lawnmower 3.0. Just snap off your lawnmower 3.0 or weed whacker nose and ear hair trimmer head every couple of months and replace it with a new one, making sure you maintain the closest and cleanest shave possible. That way I can assure you the most hygienic set of testes in town. 
your replenishment pack always comes with a free gift this month we got the foot duster foot deodorant spray get 20% off and free shipping with the code ifftv at manscaped.com that's 20% off free shipping by going to manscaped.com forward slash ifftv put handsome on autopilot with a new peak hygiene plan from manscaped support them because they support us the link is in the description check it out now this is the iff tv podcast Yeah, I, I I agree, Matt. I think we have the players to play that system. the The only caveat is that Stephen has. I, I know he said he's not averse to playing a back three, but he has always gone with four three three. That's what he was so successful with in in Dundalk, and that's the system he likes to play. And do you think he he's likely to do it either on Wednesday or on Saturday without having tried it in friendlies first? That's that. That's what I mean. I, I mean, I, I, I think we should have been trying it. I think it's a system that we should have been looking at, particularly with the personnel that we've got. Um, it's been difficult with, for him, as I say, with the with the injuries, a number of people that have been out. You know, it, it's been so unsettling, and it's been very difficult for him to get a team out that, that you know we would all say is his best team, if you like. Um, but I would have been testing it. I think it's likely he'll stick with what he. Like what he knows and what he's always done. So I think it's unlikely that he'll play a back three. I'm just saying from my point of view, looking at it and looking at the personnel and, and how it suits our players, that's what we should do. Yeah, because I'm just looking. We've obviously got the two crucial games first and then we've got the Qatar friendly and we haven't announced any friendlies yet for June, but there are going to be a couple of friendlies. So I think it's more likely we'll see the back three and that formation in some of the friendlies and maybe that would be in Stephen's thinking for Portugal away on the 1st of September when again we're likely to be under the cosh a lot for the game well I, I just going back to what you said about you know Shane Duffy and I'm not letting him down you got to remember that game against Wales when you know Matt Doherty had to play centre-back Shane Duffy coached Matt Doherty at centre-back throughout the whole game and that experience in there is absolutely invaluable like we didn't have a centre-back to come on Cyrus Christie had to come on and play right back in that game and I watched Shane Duffy that game as I was at it and he coached Matt Doherty and Matt Doherty didn't even look out of place at centre-back and you wouldn't necessarily we spoke there about him being not really a great defender in such terms but when he's actually made to sit and the game's in front of him and he has to defend that way he wasn't that bad at all and he was getting on the ball and stuff like that but I think yeah as you mentioned having Seamus there as well you know being dragged out to the wider, uh, wider parts of the pitch or whatever he that's his natural game and defensively Seamus is a much better defender than Matt Doherty and probably I would say in the other scale of things Matt Doherty as we know is a really good goal threat and and is much better in terms of getting up the pitch you remember the game against Denmark when he scored the goal that was our, I think our last competitive goal wasn't it um, under Mick that was Mick's last game I think before obviously in Covid came in and um Obviously, it kind of moved things around, but Matt, just obviously, you've played under Mick McCarthy, and then we have we have now Stephen Kenny, who, who's, in my opinion, I've watched all the games. Um, between myself and Gary, we've both been at the games, and obviously, then seeing them on TV. But like, I, I actually have to say, bar the England game, I thought we've played quite well in games. But as you say, it's just that lack of goals. What, have you been impressed by Stephen Kenny's style of play, and and how different is it, obviously, to 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 mix because you would have watched Mick after yeah. playing with him, obviously with Ipswich and stuff as well. Well, clearly there's been a change, hasn't there? And a change of emphasis under Stephen. You know, wants to be a, a more passing-based um, style of play, looking to play through the thirds, 
Um, and, and I think the, the, the style has been easy on the eye. I think there's been, you know, there's been some, some encouraging signs watching them, um, despite, despite the results. But, you know, you, you, to win games, you've got to score goals. And, and, it, and if you're going to be let down by that end of the pitch, then that's you know, obviously a, a major issue. I think with Mick McCarthy, people sort of say he's a pragmatic type of manager, um, you know, someone that sort of works on the defensive side of the game first. Um, but if you ask, if you ask Mick, if he's got the players, then he's, he's going to play a more open, expansive style of football. And, you know, we, we look back at the World Cup in my time. You know, we played um, Duffer up front and, and Robbie Keane up front. You know, it was, it was a, a different way of playing that with, with you know, certainly Duffer um, higher up. And it was a bit more uh, expansive, if you like, in, in terms of his style of play. It all depends on what you've got available, doesn't it? I can understand Stephen wanting to, to put his stamp on it and wanting to, to do it his way. And and there's no point in taking the job and then saying, right, you know, we're going to rip it all up and we're going to just going to go long. We're going to try and get the second balls. We're going to, we're going to try and play in their half. It's not his way of playing. It, we've, we've brought him in to, to, to do a job in terms of changing it. He's looking to change it. it. It hasn't worked so far because ultimately we don't look like we're going to score a goal. And that's why we haven't won games. Um, so he's got he's got to find a way now of getting that bit of the pitch right, um, and and there's no way he should he should sacrifice his principles and the way he wants to play um, because that's why he got the job in the first place. That's what you know what, what he's been asked to do, and that's why he got the job. Do you, do you just think like looking at it? Obviously, like, I've seen a lot of people on, online saying that maybe he should look to to try and change to suit. You've obviously said that there, but do you think that's kind of going away from it? Do you think this is more? We have to be a bit more patient as fans. Like obviously, between all of us here, we we're willing to be quite patient. But there's a lot of fans that probably aren't, and we have to remember Stephen doesn't get that much time to actually work on anything. And and you might not see a, a big change till probably he gets that training camp. And I think it's June they're supposed to have a training camp, and he'll have two weeks or something like that to kind of work with the team on a kind of full scale capacity without any kind of interruptions or distractions or anything like that. It's been it's so difficult, isn't it, when you don't get the time on the training field? I mean, the, the turnaround now between these games finishing and the, and the next one, you know, Serbia now on on what Wednesday night, it's it's you know he's got minimal time to to implement any sort of style. Um, so I think it's it's been incredibly difficult, particularly this season with the COVID issues and, and the, the condensed season and how tight it's all been. It, he's hardly had a chance on the training ground to to work with these players at all. And and that makes it even more difficult. I mean, it, even club managers are moaning that they haven't had time on the training ground with their players. Well, international managers have had a fraction of the of the time that the, the club managers have had on the training ground. Um, so I, I do have sympathy in that respect that he hasn't had he hasn't had chance to, to really have time with the players and, and say exactly what he wants them to do. Yeah, but I just think you know I just think that fans are been a little bit impatient. I didn't think people realise when you actually go back and look at the squad that Stevens picked a lot of the players. Obviously, that there was so much havoc wreaked upon the squad from COVID that was just ridiculous. Like players were just dropping like flies. Um, and I think people forget that when they look at the results, they don't really remember the personnel, the players that were in the squad at the time as well. And I think even sometimes we're probably guilty of it too, you know. I've got lots. I have got sympathy, you know, with with the hand he's been dealt as well. I mean, you know, I, you look at the problems that he's had with the injuries, COVID, lack of time on the training ground. Um, you know, the, you can make excuses left, right, and centre. Um, 
ultimately as well, you know, there's been a lot of players out of form. There's been a lot of players who, who haven't been playing at the level that we've seen previously. Uh, that, again, makes it more difficult. Um, David McGoldrick retiring. I mean, not that he was, you know, necessarily prolific in, in, a, in a sense of forward position. Um, so there's been lots of things and you, and you throw it all into the pot and it's made it, it's made it really difficult for him. Uh, and the video as well, the, the video, uh, all that coverage as well. Yeah, of course. Of course. I mean, yeah, I mean, that's, that's another sort of contributing factor to the difficulties that he's, he's faced um, since, since taking over. There's been a, you know, lots of li little things that have contributed to make it a, a difficult job. Um, ultimately, we, you know, you, you look at the squad and on paper, you compare our squad to Serbia's. We, who would you rather be in charge of? There's no comparison, really, is there? Oh, I mean, that's you. You get dealt your cards, and you have to do the best you can with the cards that you're dealt. And and it's a you know, it's been it's been tough for him. I think that I think you're right there because obviously we spoke we spoke to Milos uh, last night, and he was just coming on, listing the players that are in form and scoring regularly in Syria. And Vlahovic had just set up a goal for Fiorentina against uh, AC Milan and stuff, and we're there basically scraping the barrel, hoping that one of our players will score a goal in League, in league One, you know? Yeah, I just wanted to come in as well, Matt. And uh, do you think Anthony Barry may have an influence in these games uh, and possibly conjure up a goal from a set piece? Maybe that's where our goals are going to come from. Possibly. Uh, I mean, it'd be interesting to see, uh, you know, again, it's, it's not a lot of time, is it, on the training ground to, to, to work on it. Um, but it, I, I'm sure he'll, he'll have ideas. And, uh, you know, him and Stephen will have been talking regularly about what they can do. Um, and actually set pieces, if you're talking set pieces, then, then Shane Duffy comes into that, doesn't he? You know, he's, that's another reason why you would, would select Shane Duffy as well, because he is a threat from set pieces. So, um, yeah, again, it's, it's difficult when you haven't, you know, you've only got a couple of days really on training ground to, to, to work on those things. But I'm sure that that, that is an area of the, of the game where we will be looking to, to exploit. Kieran right, Clark could be a threat from set pieces as well. Yeah, he's decent. He's, Kieran's decent in the air as well. So, you know, I'm sure it's an area where they they will be looking at. Sorry, Gary, I didn't mean to cut you off there. I thought you Sorry. finished what you were saying. I was going to jump on to um, just our score predictions then because I feel like we've kind of covered everything from that base. Um, so, look, I'm just going to go through the form going really quickly. Um, it's not going to be... Um, exciting or anything like that so don't worry we've scored one goal since the um steven's taken over the bulgaria game the last minute shane duffy uh that was a one-all draw against bulgaria ireland finland uh, we lost one nil we obviously lost to slovakia on penalties um we drew nil nil with wales after being down to 10 men uh with shane james mclean gets it off uh finland we lost one nil again um, that was away. We lost 3-0 to England. Was, lost 1-0 to Wales with 10 men as well there. And then uh, drew 0-0 with Ireland and Bulgaria. But just, um, Matt, I'll start off with you. What, what, Honestly, what do you think um, the game will be on Wednesday? Thanks. Um, <laughs> heart or head? Crikey. I mean, look, the, the head tells you it's going to be really difficult. And the head tells me that it's... it's we're, <sighs> We're going to do well to get a result. Um, I think this is. I think it's the most important game. Um, the two games with Serbia, I think, are the most important ones. I'll take a draw. I'll take a draw right now, um, and I've got my fingers crossed we'll get one. I'm not saying it overly positively, but I would. I would take a draw now. What score? One one or nil nil? <laughs> 
probably more likely no one knows, isn't it, with our lack of goals. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I, 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 probably more likely no one all right, Paul Tierney, what's uh, what's your goals? Because me and Gary gave ours last night. I don't think mine has changed, but uh, I'll give it anyway. Yeah, I, I'm hopeful. I think we can get something off them over there. I'm going to go 1-1 on Wednesday. I think we'll win 3-1 here on Saturday. And then against Qatar, obviously, I don't know what they're like at all, to be honest. And I know it's just a friendly, but I think we might beat them 2-1 maybe. All right, Gary, have you changed from uh, from last night's score prediction? No, last night uh, my heart was saying 1-1. One, one. The head is probably saying 2-0 to Serbia, but I'm going to go with my heart. and I, I think we can score, actually, believe it or not. And uh, I'm, I'm going to go for 1-1. One, one. Yeah, well, I think that's that's what Milos is saying. Was their defence was their weakest part. So if we can manage to exploit that, I don't know, maybe someone like Aaron Connolly, if he's on top form or whatever. I, I went with 1-1 one, one as well, the famous 1-1 one, one result. So uh, I'm hoping that'll be the case because we just need to obviously just make sure we try to get a result as best as possible. And a result would be a draw in this case scenario. And obviously a win would be an absolute massive bonus. But I think if we're all trying to be realistic and kind of optimistic at the same time, I think that's that's fair enough, isn't it, really? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But we'll take that. We'd absolutely take it, so fingers crossed. Yeah, well, hopefully we can take a, a, an early goal lead. Matt, I want to just say huge thanks for taking the time out for joining us. It's always a pleasure having you on and uh, really great insight. Thanks very much. Uh, pleasure. Good to see you all and uh, fingers crossed for Wednesday. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, thanks, uh, guys, thanks, don't forget to check out this video. Um, leave a like on the video and don't forget to subscribe. We'll speak to you all soon. Thanks for watching. The IFF TV Podcast, presented by Paul Nealon. Like, rate and subscribe.